baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Good morning. Welcome on 106.7 The Fans. Scott Jackson here with you as we are hanging out with the next three hours. Got a lot to get to. Of course, the big news yesterday here in town, Eric Bieniemy, uh officially, well, not official till it's signed and the team releases it, but as agreed, the team has finalized the deal to uh, make him uh, their offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, the longtime Chiefs. OC, who has obviously been one of the uh, biggest stories in the NFL in terms of not being able to lock down a uh, head coaching job and all the reasons for it, is uh, leaving Andy Reid, getting out of the shadow of Big Red and coming to Washington to uh, try to fix an offense. Let's be honest, it has not been good for a real long time on a consistent basis. So got some pieces here. They got some things to work with. Also has got some things... Uh, you know, perhaps working against him when you have uh, the ownership situation the way it is. You know, quarterback is green as a gourd if he's assuming that that is the quarterback. And there's some questions that we'll uh, hopefully get answers to uh, as this weekend moves on and the week uh, ahead comes out, which is uh, will there be changes in the staff? Uh, what will happen there? So we'll dive into all the Eric Bieniemy stuff this morning. Ben Standig from The Athletic, who was one of the many, many reporters all over the story yesterday, will join us. Uh, coming up at 11 o'clock this morning. Got other things to get to, too. Of course, the uh, Capitals in the outdoor game tonight against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes down in Raleigh, North Carolina. We'll talk to Mike Maniscalco, my buddy who does uh, Canes uh, radio and television. He's going to uh, join us and talk about that and the whole process uh, to make that game a reality down there. And uh, big day in college basketball. As they all are this late in the year. There's a couple weekends left of regular season hoops before uh, conference tournaments and selection Sunday. So Patrick Stevens uh, in the next hour, straight up at 10 uh, for the Washington Post, will talk with us about all that stuff. But the Biennemi thing was interesting because I think a few weeks ago when his name came up, you're like, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, this guy's going to have options. There's going to be better options than the commander situation. Uh, you know, who, who with who with options would come to the commanders? Well, slowly but surely in this, this game of uh, musical chairs in the NFL – with these coaching jobs, you know, the chairs are being pulled away from Eric Bieniemy. You know, it's, it's almost like you're punished for being on a winning team. Although, you know, the two Eagles coordinators, the, the guys who lost the big game, uh, both got head coaching jobs. And again, this is part of the frustration as people watch on the outside and say, what the hell does this guy have to do? And I'm sure that he's asked himself that many times. And apparently he's got a bit of a plan, which is I got to get away from Andy Reid. Uh, if I go to Washington and turn this thing around, I mean, think about how big of a of a uh, flex that is on the old resume. Uh, if you're able to do that, especially if he ends up doing it with a young quarterback, an unproven quarterback, and Sam Howell, who right now is the only logical choice to be your quarterback, just among the sheer facts that, oh yeah, he was the only guy actually under contract next year, assuming, of course, which we all are assuming, unless you know somebody uh, is trying to sabotage the team, they cut Carson Wentz. Um, you know, you'd clearly be on sabotage mode if you didn't do that. To get that money off your cap, uh, you know you want to move on from him. 
and then you know from there, who knows who he uh, brings in? You know, there's not a it's not a great offseason of quarterbacks. We talk about it all the time. Uh, what does he feel comfortable with? Who does he feel comfortable with? And what will be interesting is it looks like he was given obviously. Uh, not only a promotion to title as the assistant head coach, but obviously the responsibilities that he was not getting in Kansas City. But he also, you know, according to a couple of these different reports, could also have some say, uh, will have say, I should say, not could have, will have say in terms of the staff. So that um, part is fascinating. So, like, what kind of changes would be there? And if he has staff input, I would think, I would think you would give him input on. Uh, not only, as they've said in these reports, the, the, how the offense is going to be shaped and what it's going to be all about, but also on who the quarterback's going to be. So we'll find out, I guess, here pretty soon, the way they conduct their business this offseason, how uh, down he is with uh, playing Sam Howell. And look, he, he could be in love with, I don't know, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, name somebody who's available. It doesn't mean you're going to get him. I mean, it's it's still free agency and they have choices. Uh, and again, unless they they are able to trade for somebody that he just absolutely loves, um, you know that's that's really the only way they're going to get someone in here. So I tend to believe he's probably fairly comfortable with going with Hal. Of course, there is the draft in April where there'll be a lot of quarterbacks available. Uh, maybe you want to start from scratch uh, with a young in there and have the competition kind of you know boil up from there. So there there's certainly different ways. I, just, I find it interesting because. Remember, when the season ended, remember when the season ended, there was a big discussion about how this offense, in the mind of Ron Rivera, in the mind of Martin Mayhew, was going to be run-based, like big-time run-based. Not just like, hey, we want to be balanced. They were saying things like two-to-one, run-to-pass. Then, of course, you know, as time went on, like, eh, well, they didn't really, you know, they, they kind of cleaned that up. They didn't really mean two-to-one. I mean, that'd be really, really extreme, but... Well, whatever you have in your mind, you know, you have now gone out and, you know, hired a coordinator who's been part of an offense that has been one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the NFL uh, during Andy Reid's time in Kansas City. So that's what's kind of interesting to me about all this. And look, if you look at the commander's personnel, they probably should be more pass than run. They've got terrific wide receivers. Uh, The problem is... A quarterback, do you have the right quarterback? And have you had the right quarterback in the past? And I think we can agree they did not. And B, which is, yeah, can the offensive line actually handle that? Can can you design an offense? Um, clearly, you have to make upgrades there. So I'll be interested to see what this what this offense looks like, how much of that really truly will be all on Eric Bieniemy's discretion, hopefully all of it. I mean, you hire this guy, again, to me, it's a home run hire. I mean, I, I don't know, we'll get to calls on this in a little bit, at 800-636-1067 this morning. I mean, but of all the people available, I mean, in terms of, uh, like, resume, you know, all the things going on, I mean, this was the guy to get, and they got him. But then, you know, there, there's part of you that says, wait a minute, why was he, why, why did they get him? Like, why would he come here? What's what's wrong with him? And, I mean, <laughs> I guess we'll have to find out from from him at some point, like, what was it that attracted him about this job? I got to believe it was... First of all and foremost, you know, clearly the opportunity. He understands what's what has been at least said that's holding him back. Now, now he's calling the bluff on the owners, right? Like it comes here and blows it up, and uh, this this offense finally gets out of their own way and is is really successful. Uh, and he still doesn't get a head coaching job. Then you're like, okay, so maybe it wasn't that I was around Andy. <laughs> so now now what do you got for me? Now what are you gonna say? Because I think there's a lot of things that we believe some of us at least that uh, has been have been holding Eric enemy back, but. 
Uh, anyway, we'll we'll see how it works out here. But I mean, it's definitely in a in a sense, you know, gutsy on his part, um, you know, to come in taking over an offense that was twenty seventh in yards and twenty eighth in points, and you know, this is not great, you know, over the three se- Actually, that's the three season average with um, Scott Turner it was twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Um, in the last year, they were 20th in yards and 26th in points. I mean, they haven't been in the top 15, I think, something crazy. I mean, for an extended period of time since, like, well, like the second Gruden year, maybe, in terms of yards or, or points. And obviously, the greatest this offense was in terms of red zone offense. you got to go way back to 2012 with Griffin's rookie year, Robert Griffin, the third rookie year, when that thing was cooking. So this this is going to be... Not an easy job. It's I don't know if I would cons- you know like if you're doing like a one of those shows those uh, you know construction shows like extreme makeovers or whatever. I I don't know if I would put it on that category, but it's pretty damn close uh, in terms of what the numbers have said. I, I think we all like can sit here who watch this team every week and say hey like that like this guy like that guy, but as a group they just haven't gotten it done. And I, and I certainly think a lot of that goes in the quarterback. A lot of that has gone. Sure, you can say the play callers. Uh, I think that's fair as well. Uh, but most of it starts the quarterback. I think this year, you know, certainly the offensive line was a big problem, and the interior in particular uh, was really bad. But, I mean, again, you look at Kansas City, if you care about these things, red zone offense, and, yeah, he didn't call all the plays, you know, but he was certainly a huge part of their game planning. I mean, they're, they're number two in the NFL this season in the red zone. Over the last three years, they've been playing it at an 81% clip in the red zone, 812 or 81.82, excuse me, which is way beyond anybody else in the NFL over the last three years. And, you know, what does that what does that get you usually? Uh, that means you're getting touchdowns. You're not settling for field goals or just getting stopped on downs. I mean, that's what the, the red zone uh, offense is all about. So they have been, you know, in terms of TD percentage in Kansas City, the best. Now, they have Pat Mahomes. He's not coming with Eric Bieniemy, unfortunately. Been really cool if you could have brought him, stuff him in the suitcase, but that's not happening. But they do, uh, again, have people on the outside I think you got to be excited about. Uh, you got running backs that, when healthy, have been productive. Um, you know, be interested to see how he works the screen game because that was my that, – that, to me, when I talk about Andy Reid, you look at the Philadelphia years, you look at the Kansas City years, some of the best screen game scheme in the NFL by a lot. And this team has not been good at running back screens uh, for a long time. They had some stretches under Jay Gruden where they were pretty good at it with, with Chris Thompson, but but not consistently at the level of a, of a team, obviously, like the Chiefs were. So that will be fascinating to see. Certainly he didn't have a Travis Kelsey at tight end. Uh, he's got some interesting options at tight end. Some guys pretty young, um, some developmental players there. That could be a position they handle this year in the draft as well. There's some options there. Maybe, who knows, free agency. I, I I wouldn't hold my breath on the free agency thing, just knowing what we don't know right now about who's going to own the team and how quickly that's going to get done. And, you know, the, the nightmare scenario, which is nothing gets done and you stay status quo with the owner, uh, as we've seen over these last few years, I mean, the money's not flowing like it used to be. So that could be a, a real problem. So interesting move. I think it was, a, again, the best move they could have made under the circumstances, you know, I, we could debate whether it was the best move for Eric Bieniemy or going back to Kansas City, which apparently was an option. So among the things that were reported last night were the Chiefs were trying to woo him back. And I, I think there was some uncertainty as, as to what was going on there. And I've talked to some folks in Kansas City over the last week. And, I mean, this was his choice to go into the final year of contract. Uh, Steve Spagnola has done something similar. 
a lot of these assistants are doing this. I mean, there's some commanders guys, obviously, that let their contracts run out, run out, like Chris Harris, for example, who got out of here. There are you know assistants that do this to have the ability to move around, keep their options open, and that's just what kind of what um, Eric Bieniemy was looking to do for himself, and you know was able to get a good deal. You'd imagine a big bump in pay, uh, you know, big bump in obviously clout within the organization, and again that title of assistant head coach. And now we'll see uh, whether or not you know it turns anything around on the field. I mean. There's been some things in the past year that have made sense on paper, but have not worked in execution. So I'm not, you know, going to lock in the mortgage on it. But I, I do think it was the right move, the best possible move they can make. I mean, it's clearly they need to do something. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera is in a spot where he has to win this year. We can keep kicking the can down the road in the past and say, well, it takes you know, it takes five years, it takes three, years, whatever the number was. I mean, initially it was three years was the big year to win. Then when it wasn't happening in year three, it was, well, you know, you guys got to be patient here. What's going on? I mean, we just don't have this. We don't have that. And people are like, well, wait, wait, hold on. Excuse me. Uh, did you watch the Giants this year, coach? Uh, you know, year two for the Eagles, coach, you know, a guy who stammered in his press conference and uh, they're doing okay. I mean, so yeah, you can turn it around quicker. Uh, it should be quicker. And I get it. There's the Washington tax, right? Like people around the league are going to look at this thing and go, yeah, but he worked for Dan Snyder. Nobody wins there. I mean, you, know, you can't. You can't. You know, it's mission impossible, right? So there's always that tax. But that excuse may be wiped out here this offseason for those that have been involved. So, again, that's still the biggest thing that needs to take place this offseason. But this was, you know, priority number two. Obviously, now let's see how it comes together. And what I'm really interested to see is what, the real thoughts of, of Eric Bieniemy will be on what the personnel is and what it should look like, what the offense should look like. Should it be three yards in a cloud of dust, as it seemed like it was explained at the end of the season? Uh, we're just going to bleed the clock you know, forever. Or is this a guy who's going to put some flair back into the uh, offensive side of the ball and you know, some big playability? Because they have big playmakers, and they, they – you know, last year the offseason discussion was, man, we got to get more explosives, right? And then this year, right after the offseason, like, nah, we need to slow this thing down and, you know, plot it out and, and you know, keep the, you know, keep the offense on the field and keep the other team on the other side, you know? I mean, bigger thing this year was, you know, again, finishing the red zone. I think they, if they were better there, you know, things could have been different for a lot of parties involved. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, it is the Saturday edition here on 1067. The fan, Scott Jackson, with you. We are always streaming live on the Odyssey app. Morning, 106.7 The Fan. Scott Jackson here with you as we're hanging out over these next few hours. Big news yesterday. Commanders come to terms with Eric Bieniemy, assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, will be the play caller here in Washington. We'll have complete control over the offense, it appears, as well. Question is now... Is he excited about working with Sam Howell? You think he must have some form of excitement about it because, again, he's the only quarterback that's actually under contract and is going to be here next year. And does he share the same vision for the offense that, you know, Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera spoke of in that postseason press conference? will be fascinating, too. We're sounding nothing like the Chiefs offense. I'll be honest with you. I didn't leave that, leave that presser that day going, wow, we're going to have the Chiefs offense. Next season, or that's a goal, or at least to build something similar to that, because that's not what it sounded like at all. It sounded a lot different. So that will be, um, I think, one of the things that we'll, you know, kind of get a feel for as this offseason gets rolling. 
and again, you can't talk about anything with this team without admitting, without the knowledge or a timeline for how quickly you know ownership gets uh, things in order. You know how it'll take place. I mean, you can say business as usual and all this stuff. And that sounds awesome, right? And they've told Ron it's business as usual. Well, what does that mean? I mean, quite frankly, business as usual has been pretty damn conservative uh, over these last several years with this franchise, where it used to be, you know, a lot, a lot more aggressive in terms of free agents. Uh, yeah, they did get a long-term deal done for Terry McLaurin last year. That was good. And John Allen a few years before that, but. You know, are are they going to really be able to lock in a Deron Payne to a long term deal where you got to put, you know, that money in escrow and, you know, ask your owner who's again got perhaps one foot out the door to do that for you? I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot of smaller stuff. Is my take on it. Um, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. And you know, frankly, I mean, they've been the best at free agency anyway. It's usually the smaller stuff that's worked well for them. Uh, not so much the big swings. Uh, and certainly the big swing trade uh, did not work very good last year. Very well um, with Carson Wentz. But be enemy. Uh, thoughts on it? Any concerns? Again, that, that A, he's available, and uh, B, that uh, he decided to come here. I think it shows, you know, big cojones on his part that he would want to be here, knowing what we all know about the uh, current state of things, which is very much in flux, very much... Um, unknown, no matter what a pretty painted picture they want to put on it. Uh, it's a very uneasy situation until you get through the ownership side of it. And let's, let's also backdrop it with this. You know, the story comes out last week at the Super Bowl. You know, Sean Payton, I'm sure Ron Rivera is really happy that he put this out in the atmosphere. You know, admits that, hey, a, one of these group hopefuls, you know, ownership groups that may or may not want to buy Washington or may or may not end up owning Washington, excuse me, that are interested in buying the Washington franchise, uh, they reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in coaching. So, clearly, there's an ownership group out there that's interested in bidding on this team. Whether or not they'll get the team obviously remains to be seen, whoever these people are, whoever this person is. But they wanted to talk to Sean Payton to get his interest level. So it doesn't sound like a group that really likes the current state of the team, uh, the current state of the staff. Uh, when you go out and do things like that. I wonder if that had any extra oomph for them to get this deal done. Not sure, but you just wonder. And let's also be clear, though. I mean, they knew they were waiting out the enemy the whole time. And this, this, since this thing it's kind of materialized in the offseason, they found out there was interest. And obviously, Rivera able to gauge a lot of this because of his relationship with Andy Reid. They knew there was interest on both sides, so they were willing to wait it out. Of course, coming out of the Super Bowl, we thought, oh yeah, well, enemy is going to do a two-for-one because he's going to get to interview with Baltimore and Washington in one false swoop. But of course, the, the Ravens moved early on Todd Munkin, the uh, offense coordinator from the Georgia Bulldogs, which is kind of an out-of-the-box, kind of creative move. We'll see how that works out. 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. Uh, you can tweet me up at Jackson Sports. Thoughts on the Eric Bieniemy hire? I, I think it, for a group that... Kind of has their hand, one hand tied behind their back this offseason. It was, to me, a home run. I mean, even if it was a normal offseason, you know, it's a home run for me. And doesn't mean it's going to work. Doesn't mean, you know, they're going to be the Chiefs or anything like that. But I think you got the best available person um, out there. I mean, you go, let's just go through the list of people they had interviewed, too. 
uh, of all those those people that had come through, that most of which had never been coordinators before outside of uh, Pat Shermer, and of course the people that passed on, you know, talking to them, you know, Jim Caldwell, you know, Darren Daryl Bevel, uh, some of the others who didn't even want to have the discussion. I think to come out of this with again the Super Bowl winning coordinator, uh, that's that's a win win. Now. I don't know what it does for the fan. I don't know what it does for the bottom line. Like, does this sell tickets? I'm not so sure about that. But certainly good offense never hurts your your bottom line if you can get to that point. And they need to do something with this offense. And, you know, again, the conversation at the end of the season was not ultra exciting. And, and it really didn't make sense, frankly. I mean, and it, it, a lot of things haven't made sense that they've done here uh, over these last few years, frankly, either. I mean... You know, if you if you want to be this kind of style that they've discussed so much, I mean, then why overspend at the receiver position, as they have? Which is fine if if you know, again, you want to be if you want to be more explosive, that makes sense. But then if you're telling me no, we want to be uh, more control ball control, then that doesn't necessarily make any sense. So, you know, you take a receiver in the first round last year who was a really good player in Jahan Dotson, uh, but then you tell us now you don't really want to throw the ball as much, and of course you extended Terry McLaurin on a big deal. And then went out and spent big on your quarterback in terms of you know what you had to give up to get him, and obviously that was a huge whiff. So then to come back after all that and say no 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 we're going to go back and you know we're really not going to try to throw the ball as much next year seemed kind of odd, especially you know not knowing a lot of things that you don't know at this point. But now when you get Eric Bieniemy in the fold, you know again we just look at the the history here of what Andy Reid in that offense. And what the offense that he's been part of have done, it doesn't doesn't look like an offense that's going to come in and you know again try to grind out games. It looks like an offense that's trying to kick you know to try to beat you over the top, try to you know try to speed the game up and make big plays. At least that's what I feel like when I'm watching the Chiefs. We'll see what they try to make it look like here and what they can make it look like with the whoever the quarterback is and obviously whatever the offensive line ends up looking like. All right, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. Again, uh, you can tweet me up at Jackson Sports. We'll get to that. Also, who could be uh, on the move on this staff if, uh, in fact, Eric Bieniemy is able to pull some people in he likes? I think that's worth talking about as well. It is uh, Saturday with you here. Scott Jackson, 106.7 The Fan, streaming on the free Odyssey app. All right, back here on 1067 The Fan. Scott Jackson with you here on the Saturday morning edition. We'll talk some college basketball at 10 with uh, Patrick Stevens from the Washington Post. Get into the stadium series as the uh, Capitals uh, and the Canes get at it later on this evening at uh, 1030. Mike Maniscalco joins us from Raleigh. And um, we'll get to Ben Standig uh, on the Eric Bieniemy uh, situation once he joins us. Uh, coming up at 11 o'clock. Talking about the enemy now with the uh, commanders. Thoughts on the hire, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. And uh, how do you think it's going to impact the offense? I mean, do you think they're really bringing Eric Bieniemy in here to be a plotting two-to-one run-to-pass team? I mean, I, you know, obviously they cleaned that up. It's not going to be that. But, you know, I mean, it, it seems to me you bring him in to do his job. You don't tell him or restrict him on the style of football he can play. Now, will he feel comfortable to play that style of football? The personnel he has obviously remains to be seen. But I believe, you know, this is not a guy that's going to come in here and uh, and suddenly, you know, be you know running the ball 40 times a game. It just, it just doesn't make any sense 
certainly not something that he's been a part of. I mean, he's joked about you know being a running back that's going to lose his running back card in the past because of his affinity to uh, throwing the football around the yard. All right, let's get to uh, Joe in Springfield this morning leading us off. What's happening, Joe? Hey, morning, Scott. How you doing? Good, sir. How are you? Good. Um, you know, I, I I definitely agree on the hiring. I mean, it's a definitely an upgrade over Scott Turner. I mean, look, that, that whole Giants game, second Giants game, still, I still am hated about that because how many times we could have run the ball. I mean, I'm sure the Giants defensive players were still wondering, wait, what did they just do? Because I'm sure they were probably wondering about the adjustment. But, yeah, this is definitely an upgrade. But, God, the only thing I'm, like, head scratch about is, is he here as offensive coordinator? Because once we get new ownership, and please, can we get the new ownership in here soon? Oh, my God. I've been saying that for years. Um, I, I mean, I love Ron Rivera, but I'm just concerned. I know I, 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 I hate the fact that he's on the hot seat, but the thing with Eric Bieniemy is all the success he's had in Kansas City, calling plays with Mahomes, and look how well Mahomes has done because of Bieniemy. Andy Reid has vouched for Bieniemy so much. How is Bieniemy not have a head coaching job yet? Right. I mean, because I'm it'd be to see Scott. Maybe what happens in a year or two. I mean, hope for Ron. I don't want Ron Rivera to get fired. Please, I'm saying that right now on the air. But if Bieniemy he may not be here on purpose. The enemy may be the next head coach here. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not trying to start a rumor, but yeah. you never know. I think there's a lot of people that look at it that 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 uh, the potential that certainly again, there's a really good chance if this team gets done with a sale, they are going to they're going to make changes. You don't spend that kind of money uh, to come in here and keep it status quo. So. Yeah, he, this is a huge year for him, and, and Eric Bieniemy can only help him if he does his job well, and it can only help Eric Bieniemy. So you got to look at it that way. I think uh, yeah, it was a good move by the. Co- I, I believe it was a good move by Rivera, and I think certainly you know he's been questioned, rightfully so, for some of the decisions he's made these last couple off seasons, starting with Carson Wentz. But this one appears to be one it's hard to quibble with. All right, thanks for the call, Joe. Have a good Saturday. Uh, let's get to uh, Mike in Alexandria. How's it going, Mike? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I called. I agree with the, with what you guys were saying. I think it's a good move, and you know it could be a blessing in disguise for for Eric Bieniemy. He could get elevated to head coach. You know, uh, sure. Nothing against Ron Rivera, but maybe we'll actually promote one of our offensive coordinators and actually keep him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, and think about it is. The, the the NFL's hiring practices are so you know they're so racist that maybe this was the right move for Eric and isn't he didn't he grow up around here? Uh no, he's not from here. He's uh, okay. Yeah, no, no, he's not. Well, I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping he has a lot of success. But I shared this opinion with Grant and Danny, and they they struck it down. They said that if he if Eric Bannon took the job and they got a new owner, he'd want to get rid of everybody. And my contention was. Eric would only have been here a year. Well, it would just depend. I mean, it would depend on what this owner. I mean, like, like again, we heard about this one ownership group, right, that wanted to talk to Sean Payton. So, say, and obviously Sean Payton's not available anymore, but if it's something like that uh, where they're bringing somebody else in, that person would, you know, if they're the head coach, would have a lot of say. I mean, look, if they're firing Ron Rivera, that means the season is also probably not going very well. Now, keep in mind, when Dan Snyder got this team, it was too late in the process. He didn't really like Norv Turner and made it be known that he didn't like Norv Turner, but he stuck with Norv for that year. They had a great season. Uh, that was the 99 team. Uh, kept him, actually extended him, but fired him, you know, through in the next season when they had that crazy group, you know, with Dion and that whole crew where they overspent on, you know, guys that were washed up, quite frankly, uh, in most cases. 
And he fired him with three games left and then let Robisky finish the season, of course, when I got Schottenheimer the next year. And it was working great, but he decided it wasn't fun, so he fired him too. <sighs> anyway, so that's just a quick little, you know, just a little little trip down memory lane of this ownership group. But hey, thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. I mean, like nobody knows. Like, okay, let's paint a picture. They are one of the top 10 offenses in the league, but Jack Del Rio's defense just sucks. Uh, they lose games because Ron Rivera sucks with his challenge flag or, you know, makes really bad personnel decisions in games or decisions in games, whatever. Then, sure, Eric Bieniemy could be the guy that come in and go, hey, wow, man, offense was great. Too bad their defense was terrible and their head coach didn't know what the hell he was doing. Hey, Eric, you, you want to be the head coach? Okay, so there, yeah, sure, that could happen. But, yeah, I mean, if they're all failures, you know, if the whole team is bad, then more than likely, yeah, you blow the whole staff out. And, again, you would like to think whoever's coming in here is going to have the amount of money invested in it and want to put into it that they're not going to care what the cost is if that's the way they feel. But maybe they don't. You know, maybe they are uh, Maybe they are all in on it. And, again, if they win and win big this year, then everybody probably is okay. I mean, because, you know, again, whoever comes in has got to look at it just very black and white in terms of six, you know, winning on the field or not. I wasn't trying to make a Bruce Allen uh, quote there, but it kind of came out that way. Uh, Tony, via Twitter, what I have a hard time understanding is the run versus pass dilemma. Why can't a team be able to do both as well as the other? That's why I'm excited about EB, because he can probably do both, which would be great to keep in the uh, defense off balance. Now, I'm good with the balance of it, but again, if you listen last at the end of the year and listen throughout the year and some of the frustrations that um, – Literally, Ron Rivera, you know, revealed that he had about his uh, team and his offense last year was the, you know, he wanted more run, less pass, right? And there were games where they were really doing well with it, and Scott Turner just lost the play script, right? Like lost the feel for the game, like the Giants game, as Joe mentioned earlier. Second Giants game, you know, when Brian Robinson's just shredding them in the first half, right, and then second half's, you know a non-participant, essentially. Yeah, that was a problem. Uh, let's get back to phones. 1-800-636-1067. Josh in Rockville with us. What's happening, Josh? Hey, how's it going, man? Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, so I really do think that it's a smart signing by Washington. Yep. Um, you know, they have all the pieces there. I just now think they got to find their uh, quarterback. Yeah, and that'll be interesting, right? Like, so does Eric Bieniemy buy into Sam Howell? He certainly had a grade on him, I'm sure, going into last year's draft because that's what these guys do. And um, you know, what does he what does he think about him? Does he believe he can win with him? Does he believe he's a a starting quarterback, high level starting quarterback? Um, you know, I would think again if you're bringing this guy in, giving him the clout to do all the things he can with the offense. Part of that deal would be he also has the clout to make a QB decision here, right? And say, hey, you know, I think, you know what? I really like this guy coming out in the draft. You know you know who I like? You know, I like Anthony Richardson or whoever, right? You just, whatever it may be. So I, I think that will be one of the more interesting things that we'll see here uh, over these next few months when we get towards draft time. And when free agency starts, obviously, you have a feel for, are they, what kind of backup quarterback? Like, what kind of veteran quarterback are they looking at? Are they just bringing Taylor Heineke back? And that's the other thing. What does he think about Taylor Heineke? I'm sure he has an opinion on They saw... The commanders up close last year in the preseason. Taylor actually had his, I thought, had his best game, uh, again, you know, in terms of preseason play against them. He was really solid. Uh, if you remember that Kansas City game, a lot of things that sucked about that game, but he was really good. 
had a nice drive, so that didn't hurt him. And, you know, certainly Taylor's a free agent, so he's going to have some choices. Like I've said to people over and over, uh, nobody in, you know, Green Bay, for example, who he threw out there, you know, is his dream scenario. Nobody in Green Bay cares that he dove for the pylon here. <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody in Green Bay cares that, uh, you know, that he bought Jordans for the team here. I mean, you know what I mean? Anywhere else he goes, he's starting from scratch. Here, there is uh, the built-in locker room belief in him. Uh, there is also, you know, the part of the fan base that really feels strongly about him and trusts him. Obviously, the head coach likes him. Uh, you know, so I, I think that helps him. And, and it, why it makes sense for him to come back, and he wouldn't break the bank on you. And he's a guy you know you can plug and play. I still think, you know, you, you lean towards Hal as the starter, but he's still got to earn it. And I think there's room to draft somebody. You could do all, th- you know, both of those things. And feel good about the uh, quarterback situation. Let Hal, you know, be the lead dog. Draft somebody. Bring Taylor back or go get someone else. I don't know who that would be. And I would think, again, going back to our conversations over and over about these things, people with options maybe, you know, don't feel as great about coming here. Because, you know, the, the coach has already told everybody that they were going to go with with Hal first. So if you're somebody that's a veteran starter or backup, rather, that wants to be a starter or has been a starter part-time, you got to kind of come to the realization if you come here that's not really going to be a, a great opportunity for that. All right, uh, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. If you're on the line, DH and DC, hang in there, buddy. We'll get to you on the other side. Anybody else wants to jump on board, you can tweet me up uh, as Tony did at Jackson Sports. It's uh, Sports Saturday here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, morning. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan and streaming on the Odyssey app. 1-800-636-1067. Talking about the commanders agreeing to terms with Eric Bieniemy, finalizing that deal. Uh, hopefully the ink will dry over the weekend. Hopefully he didn't wake up with a change of heart, <laughs> jump on a plane and go back to Kansas City. <laughs> but right now it looks like uh, a done deal. And all the reports are, and again, we'll be assistant head coach as well. My man, Ba, who hits me up at Twitter at Jackson Sports. Great day to hear you. Scott, I believe we made the right hire with the enemy. EB is a teacher, and I believe Sam Howell will be better down the line because of Eric Bieniemy's knowledge. That was uh, the OC I wanted. Ron just saved his job because of EB's offense. We'll see. No doubt. I mean, it could be a that kind of hire, right? I mean, that's what you hope. I mean, certainly... Ron Rivera didn't hire this guy hoping he was going to suck and uh, cost him his job, no doubt. Let's grab uh, DH and DC next on the phone lines. DH, thanks for uh, joining us. How are you doing this morning? Hey, hey, Scott, man. I appreciate you allowing me to go through the break because I had to cool off when she mentioned Taylor Heineke. So I had to cool off for a minute. <laughs> so I'm glad I was able to hold on for a second. <laughs> man, 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 listen, I will say this, man. I am giving Ron Rivera some big kudos, kudos right now. I saw a clip from the uh, from Carton, uh, his show, and he and he talked about Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. wanting to come here mm-hmm. to a dysfunctional franchise, and that yep. word kind of really stung me because I'm like, you know, is the perception around the league that we're still dysfunctional? Yes, and, and, and absolutely. They, and, and see, so with that being said, to see to be able to see what Ron has been able to done in the past few years is remarkable to me. Uh, because, I mean, you look at where, where we were before he got here, um, you know, minus the scandal mm-hmm. and stuff, we still had a lot of stuff in shambles. But Ron has been able to come in, get some good reputable coaches in here, given a lot of people who wouldn't have previous opportunities, like Coach Kane um, and some of the other individuals on his staff, some opportunities to kind of level up and get the opportunities to, to be coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that for us. 
And, and even with the impending ownership change, I mean, people can call it the lame duck year, but let me tell you what, while he's still here, you always got to swing for the fences. So to be able to go out and get the best candidate available, um, and really is the best candidate throughout the league, um, to go in and, and make that deal, and I love it for us. And I think um, just like what your previous tweet said, you know, um, you know, Sam being, at, being able to be the big beneficiary, as the resident Tar Heel fan, you know, I love the fact that we have Sam Howell, and I'm hoping that he's able to flourish under EB and, and be as good uh, as some quarterbacks that EB's had in the past. I ain't going to mention the name now, but I'm just going to say, mm-hmm. I just hope that he's able to be the beneficiary of what the good things EB has done in Kansas City. I'm very excited for this season. And the one thing we have done well is winning the offseason. They got the hype train going already. I'm looking forward <laughs> to September already, man. Yeah, well, listen, last offseason wasn't such a good hype train. I mean, it was a Carson Wentz signing, which everybody was against, except for the people in charge. I mean, I, I don't remember too many people hyped about that, but may, maybe I'm misremembering to, uh, you know, to quote Brian McNamee back in the day on Congress. But anyway, hey, thanks for the call. I, I'll say this. I mean, all that stuff you said about Rivera, you know, settling the waters, and that's fine and dandy. But you got to win now, and and you know, I mean, again, Brian Brian Dayball, man, Nick Sirianni in your own division. If that doesn't wake you up to some things, I, I don't know what will. I mean, eight eight and one it ain't exciting. Sorry, seven and nine prior, seven and ten. No, sorry, I get it. You know, year one, and you know, he almost begrudgingly took that division because you know <laughs> it felt like it raised the bar. But yeah, I mean, there are quick fixes in the league. It happens everywhere. Um, and look, the beauty of this all is it never gets held against you in the national media. Uh, it never does. You know, the, the guys who, uh, cover the NFL, I mean, they, you know, it's a Washington tax. I mean, it is considered dysfunctional and and a lot of things have gotten better, but there's a lot of things that aren't normal. And, you know, eventually those stories will be told, but a lot of things that have not been, you know, what, what normal franchises do still to this day. And hopefully they get it straight. Uh, whoever the next person ends up being. And hopefully there is a next person, most importantly. Let's grab Mitch in New Jersey. What's happening, Mitch? How you doing? Morning, Mitch. Mitch, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, it was a good, good sign by uh, having Barry. Uh, I think you can. I, I was, I was kind of thought of how it was kind of like, at least in college career, like Patrick Mahomes, but. Um, I mean, that's, uh, that's a long way to go. Say yeah, different, like different body type. You know, I mean, he's a lot shorter, obviously, than Patrick is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, he ran a lot. I mean, he, he almost ran to his own detriment his senior his senior his final season, I should say. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, Hal's, Hal's got a lot of things. I mean, people forget maybe because we didn't see him. You know, he was on ice all year. I, I would just love to know what they were so scared of. I mean, there, there seemed to be openings, in the, especially in that last month, when they were struggling on offense to get him on the field. Uh, instead of the other guy uh, who they got back on the field. But anyway, but, you know, I mean, here's a guy who, again, initially was going to Florida State, right? And then Mac Brown convinced him, you know, he was a four-star recruit. I mean, he, he had a lot of – he's got a lot of pedigree. I mean, I know he didn't go in the first round, but, again, you know, that, that last season I think hurt him uh, as well. Had a lot of – you know, but a lot of strengths to his game. No doubt about it. Richardson, I'd love to see that, and then they can compete with uh, Sam sure. Howell. And no pressure on, on Rivera with uh, uh, Benny, Benny, uh, being the offensive coordinator. Um, I, I, th- I mean, I think he could have had a head coaching job. 
But um, not this year. I mean, it, it really didn't seem like there was anything. Oh, there was clearly nothing that for him this year because he didn't really even get the looks as he has in years past. I think it's again a gutsy move on his part uh, to do it. Uh, you know, certainly they financially made his worth as well. I'm sure, and in title and all that stuff, and in, in obviously, um, you know, what he's going to be able to do as far as uh, you know his his responsibilities are bigger here. So uh, he likes the challenge. So I I respect that. That's great. I mean, we got to run, Mitch. Let's get uh, a little in before we get to the uh, top of the hour. And Bowie, what's up, a little? Scott, what's happening, man? I called it out yesterday. I told y'all they were going to bring him in here, Scott. But this was going to happen now, man. We're going to attract a lot of free agents, Scott, especially the ones that's out there that, you know, that's on the fantasy. That wanna, we, we, we're tight in the way from, man, trying to push this thing to the next level. Hey, Scott. Top of the morning to you, man. God bless you. Stay up, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do remember you calling yesterday saying this can get done. Um, I, I think another tight end is interesting. I mean, look, Logan Thomas, I like him a lot, but the problem is it's just been his health, right? And then now, unfortunately, how this league works with the cost. I don't know if the free agent thing is going to be wide open for this team. Again, free agency starts in the middle of March. Uh, if there were a um, sales agreement, that would not be – Chain, you know, that wouldn't happen, I should say, until the end of the month. So I don't know if the timing works out well for that this year, for for them, for this team to be big spenders and free agency. Uh, and again, I'm okay with them not. You know, I, I to me, I'm more of a draft these players person. But you have to add some things. They definitely need to get some veterans in here in some positions. So they got a lot of young tight ends and some potential. I liked Rodgers a lot when he played. He was certainly ahead of uh, Turner and Cole Turner and certainly ahead of um, the other big kid. They had Hodges, Curtis Hodges. I mean, he was the one who really showed out, and he was not expected to. Uh, he was a, it was a great find. Bates has done some good things here. But, yeah, they need, to, um, they need to get the tight end more involved. Obviously, that's the exciting thing about what this offense can do. But they got some really good wide receivers too, so uh, I'm not all in favor of, you know, overlooking those guys. But – We'll see. But again, Hal has a lot of the intangibles uh, as a starting quarterback, no doubt. Now, it's just a question of, does Eric Bieniemy believe that? And you'd think probably he knew what he was getting into because the reports have been out there for several weeks that he was the guy here. It was going to be the guy most likely here. So, you know, that didn't seem to scare him away from the job. But again, actions speak louder than words. We'll see once, you know, again, they start digging into this offseason. All right, we're going to break. We'll step away from the B enemy stuff. We'll get back to it in the next hour, though. Uh, but at the top of the hour, talk some college basketball. Big day today uh, with uh, college hoops, as our man Patrick Stevens of the Washington Post is going to join us. We'll talk about the goofy net rating, which I absolutely hate. I'm going to put that out there right now. And uh, what uh, things look like for some of the locals and what kind of local participation we have in the tournament this year beyond the Terps and the Cavaliers, if any. We'll get to that straight ahead. It is... Uh, Saturday here with you. Morning. Thanks for joining us. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan and streaming on the Odyssey app.